Hello. Jordan. Craig, how are you, mate? You right? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all, thank you. That's great. Uh, Apologise for my tardiness. I was just getting a child to bed. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, mate. Um, a few, maybe a few years uh, down the track further than you on that, but I feel your pain. I know the struggle um, and have been there. Um, so I wanted to, well, first of all, thank you very much for joining me. And, uh, and second of all, um, welcome you and the listeners to uh, another edition of Man in the Stand, just to let you know what Man in the Stand is, um, Man in the Sand is a safe space for sports addicts and armchair athletes. We take a look at the action um, of the sporting world on a weekly basis, and then occasionally we'll, we'll delve deeper into a sport that we particularly like and, uh, and get a little bit more analysis on it. So I'm very, very honoured um, to, to welcome Jordan Murphy um, along to Man in the Stand tonight because we're going to do a little bit of a preview on the Six Nations uh, coming up, which starts this weekend. Jordan, um, I have watched you play for a long time. Uh, I'm a New Zealander by birth, but, you know, follow rugby uh, religiously as, as is kind of the um, mandate where I come from. But uh, I never quite knew, until I kind of delved into your stats, just uh, your stats are staggering. Uh, so I just want to kind of run through those uh, for a minute uh, or two and, uh, and and sort of just let the listeners know, you know, uh, just the, the, the length of career you had. Uh, and uh, so let me just run through it. Um, 72 caps for Ireland, two caps for the British and Irish Lions, one cap for the Barbarians, 322 caps for the Leicester Tigers across 16 seasons, four as captain. Uh, a member of the 2009 Irish Six uh, Nations Championship and Grand Slam winning side. Uh, yeah, obviously, a fullback and, and winger for Ireland, predominantly fullback. Um, member of the Leicester Tigers Premiership winning sides we're, we're of a four-peat winning side, 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, it just goes on, back-to-back -back, uh, Heineken Cup winners. Uh, you know, you're a member of that side in 2001 and 2002. You were captain of the Leicester Tigers in 2008 and 2009 season. You led the team to the Heineken Cup final and the English Premiership, which you, uh, which you won. Uh, then you returned after a bit of an injury-ravaged season to the end of the next season to lead the team again to successive Premiership titles, beating Saracens 33-27 in the final. You've captained Ireland uh, against New Zealand Maori in 2010 and have uh, played in, is it two or three Rugby World Cup campaigns? Just just two. Um, played in, in 07 and 11. Uh, I missed out in... 2003, I broke my leg in, in the final warm-up game against Scotland in, in Murrayfield. So I uh, unfortunately missed out on that one. But I, I suppose I, um, you know, it all pans out. I, I think I was probably on the outside in, in 2011 and I wasn't in the uh, projected squad. And, and then I, due to an unfortunate injury to Felix Jones, who broke his leg. And again, the final warm-up game, I found myself in, in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's funny how it all works out. So you retired from playing in 2013. Uh, so, you know, you started uh, in, as, in, in 1997 uh, in, as a, playing in, for under-18 in Ireland and, and shortly after, um, or around the same time, went to Leicester Tigers. Is that about right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, my, my rugby career was, was a, uh, a really, I suppose, un unique because 
um, I played for Newbridge College in in the nineties, and and they uh, played a lot of Gaelic football as well. And and, and they, um was very lucky that a, a Kiwi coach called Kevin West, who played some flanker for for Auckland B, uh, and for Auckland in his time, came over to coach in in the, in the locality and coach Nace Rugby Club and coach Newbridge College, and, and sort of he facilitated a, a school exchange to Auckland Grammar School in in nineteen ninety five. So I managed to go down there for sort of four or five months. Right. Um, and and experience experience rugby in Auckland and you know took in the uh, the World Cup in 1995 and the hype around that and obviously Joan Alamu and and um, that was a, a real eye opener for me and and sort of um, the, my colleagues who sort of went with me and and um, really just sort of got a, a great appreciation for rugby but but came back and managed to play some some rugby in Newbridge which which wasn't a a, a renowned rugby school I suppose but just outside of the pale. Um, we managed to get to the Schools Cup final where we came up against a very, very exceptional Black Rock team and, and I uh, got handed a, a resounding 33-3 uh, beating in, in the Schools Cup final in, in 96, I think it was. Um, so, I, uh, but obviously, against some great players, both Leo, uh, Leo Cullen, Bob Casey, Brian O'Driscoll on the bench, Kieran Scally, some, just some, some great names, David Johnson on the wing. Um Guys who were uh, went on and, and and did great things and and uh, yeah, some of them I'm very lucky to consider my friends now. But I um after that kind of found myself I, um not not in limbo but just kind of played for Irish under 19s in that year and um wasn't in any of the sort of underage setups in Ireland wasn't in any of the academies and and Leicester um, trained actually in, in Munster in in a uh, UL uh, went down with with the same coach who'd had a, uh, taken me to New Zealand and and a, um. You know, sort of spoke to Bob Dwyer, who's in charge of Leicester then, and managed to secure a trial, a three-week trial in Leicester in, in sort of, I think it was July, '97, and and came over and and came over here where where I am now, and and they um trialed and and performed enough or well enough to to uh, receive a, a three-year contract. So um, that was a uh, an exciting time, um, very I suppose unexpected. You know, I didn't really ever anticipate playing professional rugby it was something that I loved to do and you know I suppose rugby wasn't professional when I was growing up so it was always a sport that I would have played anyway um yeah and I, I wanted to actually I wanted to touch on that um so uh, just just to, just to finish with that I mean that's an enormous career um that's a long career of professional rugby isn't it I mean by any stretch of the imagination and to and to have that long at, at one club and and at that time with Leicester Tigers you know with um you know uh, that the incredible team with guys like Martin Johnson and, and what have you. That that's an amazing career across an extremely um, long, you know um, elongated span. So uh, you know, I, I just think um, kudos. That's incredible. Nah, look, it, it is what it is. Like I was very lucky to, to you know to play for sixteen seasons for Leicester, um, and I played with some great players, and I played a, um, against some great players in that time. I've got great stories and great memories from yeah. from that period. And, you know, I, I retired from international rugby in, in eleven after the World Cup and. Managed to 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 steak, squeeze another couple of seasons in playing for Leicester until two thousand and thirteen. So um yeah yeah you know I consider myself um very very lucky to have been able to stay in one place for for the entirety of my my AM playing career. Yeah, so let's go back to as you just said, um, growing up in Ireland. Now I'm I'm married to an Irish woman. I live in Ireland now, so I know uh I, and I never knew this before I came to Ireland about the whole grip of. GAA, you know, um, football and hurling, and and, and um, once I got here, I I came to understand and appreciate the the fervor with, with, with which those two games are held in this country, um, and so 
my question to you is what what sort of other sports did you play uh, growing up uh, in Ireland? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you know uh, you had um, you know football was um, popular here. Did you did you look at other sports? Did you consider other sports? Yeah, look, you know, I think when you were a kid in Ireland, and it's funny when we find ourselves where we do now in sort of a, another lockdown um, over over here, and, and sort of uh, as a kid, I spent all of my time outdoors. Um, I was very very lucky to you know to play numerous ball sports. Um, you know tennis, golf, um, soccer in the back garden and, and, you know, coming through the eighties in Ireland, soccer was, was, was a huge thing, huge. you know, going, yeah. going to, the, to, to the Euro championships in 1988 and the world cup in 1990, it was like, you know, I can remember that those occasions being, you know, huge in, in my memory in regards to the excitement and the build up, and then, you know, everyone, you know, on the way to school talking about it and getting, you know, to watch the games during classes and stuff. So, so it was all, you know, massively, uh, yeah, soccer was a big thing. Gaelic football in Ireland, as, as you know, and, and her, you know, I'm from Kildare, so um, hurling has, has thankfully made a resurgence there. But when I was a kid, it wasn't overly popular. But Gaelic football is, is a uh, you know a sport that I, that I probably was my, my first love. Um, right. And I was very lucky to you know at Christian Brothers School in Nace be introduced to to Gaelic football, and, and um, you know it's a sport that I love. I wish wish I could have played more of it, and you know unfortunately I, I haven't played it in, in a very very long time. But it's you know thankfully now to the current coverage and. You get to see quite a lot of it on TV, and it's great just to be able to to, to watch the games. And you know, I, I think people from outside of Ireland they they find it very difficult to understand the parochialism and the passion that goes into it. But it's it's obviously um it's a sport that's it's deep in a lot of people's hearts, and and, and they, uh, that's one of the reasons that, that you know why I love it. Uh, I heard yeah. someone get quoted in the week saying if there was no Gaelic football or no Gaelic games, Ireland would thrash New Zealand a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. And I'm not, I'm... <laughs> well, the, 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 which which leads me to my next point. I mean, you know, and it's an old cliche that's used for Irish rugby. It gets bandied around a lot, but I never realised it until I got here. Um, it's so true. Is is just how high you guys punch above your weight in, in world rugby, considering that you have to split your resources in, uh, with two more games. Um, and I love uh, watching Gaelic football and hurling, particularly hurling. I think it's a fantastic game to watch. And and the as you say, the passion with which it's held, not my wife comes from Meath, which is obviously Gaelic football country. Uh, so, um, you know, the the flag, even down to the parish, um, you know, games and, uh, you know, the flags of each, um, you know, club and parish team when they held it, um, sort of hung outside the front of people's houses. It's really unique. And uh, and there's so much, um, you know, families, you know, fathers and grandfathers and, and great-grandfathers playing for that same parish and, 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 and sons. And, 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 and it's amazing. Um, so, you, you, you know, uh, take that uh, you know, away. There's a huge drain straight away on the on the rugby player base in Ireland. Then take away football or soccer. Let's call it soccer for this um, purpose. Uh, that's another um, massive drain because it's still uh, it's maybe not the heights of uh, is in Ireland what it used to be, but it's still an incredibly popular game in Ireland. Um, and and you're left with uh, you know then there's other sports and what have you. Then you're left with with rugby that. I mean, it it really is um, amazing what Ireland have achieved over the last what, you know, fifty years in rugby. It's incredible. Yeah, look, you know, I think it's a um, as you say when when I started um, as a professional rugby player in nineteen ninety seven, rugby was the fourth uh, most popular sport in Ireland, if even you know it was it was comparable with with a lot of other things. You know, soccer was far more popular, and Gaelic football and and hurling far more popular, and and. Um, you know, I think rugby has grown from strength to strength over the last sort of 25 years in Ireland. Um, you know, obviously, um, 
there's a lot more people playing it now, and, and I think it's one of the it, it's one of the the only professional sports in the country now. Um, I think it's it's you know the numbers of of, of kids playing the game are, are going from strength to strength, and that all bodes well for for for, for Irish rugby going forward. Um, you know, yeah. it's never, yeah, it and I think yeah. a lot of that has to, you know, do with with the success. And you know, in in the early noughties, Monster, you know, cracking on and doing what they did, and then obviously Leinster in in, in the last day, uh, uh, last period have been hugely successful. And and you know, Irish rugby going from strength to strength with some of the players that they've had in the last, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen years. Um, have really paved the way, and um, you know, I just see it going from strength to strength. I, I admire, you know, some of the young players I see coming through now, and you know, they're they're just doing such a great job. You know, they're, they're such complete players, skill set wise. Um, I just see Ireland, you know, be- becoming stronger and stronger as a nation. You know, going forward, you know, one of the things that I was exposed to as a, as a young man in in New Zealand was that passion for the game. Now, Irish people are very very passionate, and when we can get focused on 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 that sport, which is rugby, it's a uh, I'm anticipating that you know it's only a good thing for such a small country. Oh yeah, I mean it didn't do you as any harm uh, for you two guys to beat us in Chicago and as in the All Blacks, and then beat uh, the All Blacks in Dublin within with what was one of the best games of rugby I've seen in a very long time. So I think uh, you know it, it, there's one thing I've noticed about Irish culture is when when a team's doing well, the entire country just swells up behind it and, and gets right behind them. So now, uh, which uh, which I think uh, you know leads us into some interesting conversation about where rug- Irish rugby is now, which we'll touch on in a few minutes because I'm just going to you know I just want us to run through you know uh, a bit of talk about the Six Nations now. Um, so let's start with um, uh, the Six Nations um, starts this Saturday, um, one thirty, uh, and uh, it's obviously strange conditions that we're in. But um, credit has to be given to um, everyone involved to actually get this competition off the ground and, and running for for the year. Um, and at Saturday, one thirty, uh, Italy play France. Uh, Italy have a new coach um, post um, Conor O'Shea and Franco Smith, who's a former Springbok. Uh, he's a former Cheetahs coach. He also coached at Treviso. Uh, Italy, uh, just interesting stats here, uh, which I'd like you to sort of get some some feedback from from you on, uh, Jordan. Is uh, in twenty twenty in the Six Nations, they were zero for eight, so they lost every single game. Uh, and in the last in, in the last. Uh, the last time Italy won a Six Nations match was 27 matches ago. So what I'm going to put to you is this whole Italy uh, experiment is, is a bit of a busted flush at the moment, isn't it? Um, you know, look, it's, it's difficult. I think you have to remember before that game, I think Italy had won um, a game per Six Nations. So they turned over some of the, the top sides. They'd beaten France, they'd beaten Italy and they'd beaten Scotland Um Sorry, they've beaten Wales and Scotland. So, so you know, they, they had turned games over. And, and I think rugby in Italy is, is very much cyclical. And, you know, certainly watching them through the autumn, it seemed that was the case. You know, they've picked some young halfbacks. Um, rugby in Italy is definitely getting stronger. Um, unfortunately, it's getting stronger throughout, the, you know, throughout the Six Nations. And, and it's tough for them. Um, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people all the time who talk about maybe promotion and relegation and, and, and seeing, you know, where... Uh, Italy would stand against a, a Georgia, um, who are probably the, the the top side in in tier two, and and you know that there's maybe merits for that argument, but you know in my experience, Italy are a stronger team than Georgia, so it's, there is a slight gulf. Um, has rugby grown by having Italy in the Six Nations? Yes. Um, are they the whipping boys? Yes. Are they passionate and will they get better? Yes. 
Um, so, you know, for, for me, it's it's a really difficult one. You want to see the game of rugby growing. Um, you want to see the Italians, you know, getting better. Um, they've had a poor couple of years and, and, and they've chopped and changed a little bit. But um, I do believe that, you know, eventually they will, uh, they will sort of catch up. I, I kind of, uh, I look at the Italy experiment uh, and compare it with the Argentinian experiment of bringing them into the rugby championship. And, and that's been a resounding success. So that's the reason why I kind of ask you whether, I, whether it's a busted flush or a bit well, of a failed experiment, because it, Argentina have, in the last few, uh, last few seasons, um, beaten uh, South Africa, they've beaten Australia, and last, uh, in the last rugby championship, they beat New Zealand. Now, Argentina, I, I think, have made enormous strides in, uh, in, in their game. And I don't see the same strides being made over a longer period of time with that Italian yeah, team. Look, I think that's fair. But you, having been around for a little while, will have known that the same words were used about the Argentinians probably you know, when they got introduced to that. The, the four nations which was the tri-nations that that, that yeah. was all said you know why do we have argentina they're not good enough um and, and all of a sudden now you know they're, they're competing um so yes they, they've certainly got things right and certainly it's more challenging for for the italians but um i suppose everyone's goal is that that italy will kick on and and, and have the same effect Mm. Let's see. I'm not well, so sure. I, I, I don't uh, think this is the year for them. To be quite honest with you, I'm not saying I'm not yeah. saying that they're going to compete. But you know, you're going to expect. But, you're but, on, We're po- back. Po- apologies about that, mate. Sorry. Be silly. It's not a problem. Um, so let's then move on to um, to France, who are an entirely different story. Uh, so they're coached by um, Fabian Galthi. I'm not going to pronounce his yeah. name properly. Fa- so Fab- Fabian Galthi. Galtier, thank you, thank you. The adding a bit of culture, thank you very much. Um, former, he's a former French international with sixty-four caps. He played from nineteen ninety-one to two thousand and three. He's in scrum half. You, you, you would have run across him, uh, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was very lucky to play with Fabian for the Barbarians in uh, two thousand two thousand and one. Um, very nice guy. I've uh, come across him quite a bit. Been in coaching for for, for a while, and, and um, yeah, you know, he's built a young coaching team. A lot of guys who, who have been. French players and um, certainly seems to modernise it. I think France have really got it right the way they, they've operated in, in the last few years um, with their Gif system really promoting young French players to come through and, and they've been smart the way they've done that um, and they're certainly seeing the rewards. You know, We saw them come to Twickenham um, in the autumn and with a very young team, uh, pretty much a second team by their standards, by the players that they picked in their first three games. But due to an agreement that they made with the French Federation that they wouldn't pick uh, players for more than three weeks, um, they ended up with, with a very young team, which was expected to get beaten at the gate, really, by the English. And they should have won the game. Um, they played some great rugby Um they're playing uh, smart rugby. I think Sean Edwards is a defensive coach with the French has really instilled um, that solid defense in them. And, you know, certainly for me, they're a, uh, they're a real threat. They're playing uh, a really nice blend of rugby in that they're defensively strong under Sean Edwards. They're playing, you know, they've got a, a good kicking game and they're putting teams in the right areas, but then they've also got that element of French flair to score um, nice tries. And they've got some world-class players as well. So, yeah. um, you know that the French for me are, are a um, they're they're the for me they're the favourites. I know they're not the bookies' favourites, but I think they're a um, obviously they have to come to Twickenham. But um, yeah, I, I fancy the French. 
Yeah, well, we, we, you know, uh, we're supported on this podcast by Star Sports um, uh, bookmakers, and they uh, I checked out the odds beforehand, and yeah, it's England the favourite at, uh, at, at just a touch over two to one, um, followed by France at three fifty, uh, and then Wales and Ireland uh, behind them. So it was it was interesting to me as well that. Um, and it's interesting that you say that as well, Jordan, because um, uh, I was watching um, Ronan O'Gara uh, and um, Stuart Barnes um, the other night on a uh, on this preview of Six Nations, the Six Nations here in Ireland, and both of them were very, what's the word, um, bullish about France as well. And um, uh, you know, so O'Gara's at La Rochelle and coaching at, at the moment, and, and so he knows French rugby inside out, um, and. Uh, you know, this guy, uh, Gaultier, obviously he knows his stuff and is doing some great things because that French team a few years ago looked like it had really lost its spark and, and was seen to be relying on a very much a, a, a heavy combatant forward-dominated um, uh, game. But uh, obviously, as you say, this new system that Gaultier is running is doing wonders. And it's interesting what you say about him bringing up new pl- young players because... They did win the World um, Cup uh, under twenties a couple of times in a row, uh, and and those young that young class of players um, are coming through now. I think they've got this um, this world class number eight uh, and and this halfback Dupont uh, and the Intermac at first five, and they've got a couple of really good young um, standoffs as well, Jalabir and um, Cab Cabernel. Um, th- Cab- these. Cabernel. these we're going to so, have to work on your French pronunciation. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? You know, I, I, I'm awful. It's all right, Jolly Bear and Carbonell. Yeah. So, yeah, I, which is why I was failed. Oh, I was <laughs> failed um, but, uh, but I think what, the, the, what really, uh, as you alluded to as well, is it's so nice to see the French team throwing it around again, you know, uh, because as a, as a New Zealander watching France, the, you know, the only team that New Zealanders used to fear was France uh, when when the All Blacks would take the field because you never knew what was going to happen, you know, and you can't coach against a team who throws it from everywhere because there's no systems in place for that, and and that's you know the, a number of times we've been undone by the French on 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 that level, and and but it's so great to watch as a as a neutral and as a spectator to see teams attack from all over the place, and um and, and I know it's not I know Gautier has got more process than that, it's not here in Skerim, but it is. It is wonderful to see um, some really gifted French backs um, that can attack from anywhere, isn't it? Oh, look, that, that axis of Dupont and, and Entomac are uh, really exciting to watch. Dupont, for me, is is one of the um, one of the most you know exciting, if not one of the most talented players that I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, a little little general, but you know the way he moves, the way he's got an eye to to make a line break, to to do the right things at the right time. You know, I've always been a huge admirer of French nines, of which Galtier was one. Um, so, you know, they have, um, they've got great balance in their game. And as you say, they've got a little bit of flair and, and they're, 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 they're always been known for that. But I just think that, you know, the way they've, they've played, um, over the last while, it's, it's just a good balance. You know, I think the game's gone away from just being able to, to run the ball from everywhere. You have to have an appreciation of, you know, when to kick and when to play territory and, and when you're under pressure and when to relieve that pressure. And they just seem to have a very good understanding of that, but, you know, certainly the way the game is being refereed at the moment, um, quality defence is is in ascendancy. And, and with with Sean Edwards, obviously, you know he's he's done such a great job for Wasps, for Wales, and now with France. Um, yeah. You know, if if you're playing in the right areas and your defence is causing turnovers, 
um, and you're able to keep the scoreboard ticking over, then you know you it's a, it's advantage to that team straight away. So, um, you know, I think Galtier's sort of uh, it seems to be the, the, the tactical awareness of, of some of their you know particularly their halfbacks is is, is certainly hugely improved, and, and you know I think he can take credit for that. But you know he's he's lucky to have some really quality young players coming through the ranks. Yeah, I mean, just like you um, raving for, about Dupont, so did uh, Ogara raved about him and said, you know, he does about two or three amazing things every game, and uh, uh, you know, so that, that that's great to see. And it's what you say about Sean Edwards is right too. The guy comes from a league background, and just every single team he touches, uh, he's like a doctor of defence, isn't he? Because every team he touches gets exponentially better at defence, and um, uh, so. They've done great to you know uh, to to pull them on board, um, and so it'll be really interesting to watch um, France play this this um, this this campaign and the, and um, and it'll be interesting to see as as it goes on. You know when they start meet um, when they meet as I say the likes of England, Scotland, and Wales. So that takes us on to the next um, game on Saturday at four thirty. The late game on Saturday is the Calcutta Cup, uh, England versus Scotland, and um, is that Twickenham? Uh, the uh, it's, what's the news about this team? I think what's interesting about this uh, news is that if you look at the England team, uh, which I've got here, um, I'm not going to run through all of them. But what's notable is the absentees. So Jonathan Joseph is out with the shadow squad. Joe Launsbury is injured. Joe Joe Marler has withdrawn because he doesn't want to be in the COVID kind of bubble uh, conditions. Carl Sinclair suspended. Manu Tuolagi and Sam Underhill and Marco Vinopolo are all out injured. So there's some very, very heavyweight forwards in that English pack that are uh, and start, would be starting forwards that are missing from that team. Um, but then the backs you've got, as I say, Elliot Daly, Owen Farrell, George Ford, Ollie Lawrence, Max Malone, John, Johnny May, Mellons, Johnny May, um, uh, Palo Odogwu, uh, Harry Randall, Dan Robson, Harry, Henry Slade, Anthony Watson, and Ben Young. So they haven't really been too badly affected in the backs. It's really just the forwards that have, they're a little bit light in. Uh, what do you feel about um, England uh, this weekend and, and going forward? Um, yeah, I, I think watching England play is, is going to be hugely exciting. I think you know the pack they've picked for this weekend in Genge, George, and Stewart are kind of that younger generation of front rows. So, so potentially, you know, enforced, but a, one opportunity to, to look at the future. Um, Itoji and Hill in the row, again, young second rows, but both big, big men. And um, I, I think Sam Underhill, obviously missing out due to that injury, is, is costly because he's been so impressive for England. But Mark Wilson is, is um, kind of one of those guys who's just very underrated, just gets his job done doesn't get the plaudits, but is always doing the right thing and is, is a real workhorse. So um, with him and Curry and Vunipola in the back row, it, it's certainly a, a more exciting battle than um, than people would have would have expected. I suppose last time Scotland played at Twickenham was that famous 38-all draw where they came from 31 points down to take seven points in to, to the end of the game. And um, I, I think that will give Scotland a huge amount of belief and the way they played in the second half Will certainly um, will certainly give them um, again belief that you know they can come come to Twickenham and win and, and and that sort of strategy for the way they want to play you know kicking the ball a little bit more and um, the interesting thing for me is you know I think England have come under a lot of criticism for the way they're playing and, and they're not 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 playing in effect and just you know kicking the ball low phase count playing territory based and, and backing their defence and um, for all the criticism that they've come under it, it's been successful so the balance of when Eddie Jones has come out and some of the players have come out in the press saying that, you know, they want to play a bit more, they want to express themselves, 
it's hugely exciting to see how they are going to play. Is that going to be a territory battle? Are they going to kick? And is it going to be an arm wrestle? Or are England going to you know, use those exciting backs? And um, certainly the, the selection of Ollie Lawrence in the midfield with Henry Slade, two big midfielders, would indicate that you know they're not going to be expansive. They're not going to run the ball until they get the opportunities. It's going to be more of a, a power game, a straight up and down and, and win the game line. So um, I'm looking forward to watching the game. Um, I, I, I yeah. think England will have too much firepower for Scotland, but um, certainly exciting. What do you feel about Scotland? Uh, you know, some people are saying uh, they're a bit of a dark horse in this competition, uh, and the way that the games fall, if they can get off to a good start, they you know they they could um, surprise a few. But um, I, I, for me, uh, watching Scotland, what I used to watch, it's nice to see now. Actually, I've seen a little bit of a change in, in the Scottish kind of um, a, approach in the last couple of years. I used to. Uh, sort of snatch um, victory, uh, uh, sorry, defeat from the jaws of victory uh, many times, but but now they seem to be able to hold on and uh, and they're a, a look seem to be a much sterner proposition Scotland now than and what they were maybe a few seasons ago. Would would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think Scotland are, are um, they, they frustrate me um, because. Um, for the reasons you said, they've got some world class players, and I think it's just, and again, you know, the player base isn't the, the, the biggest, um, so I suppose they're overachieving. But, um, you know, I, yeah. I, I suppose I'm constantly every year anticipating a better, a better showing for, for, from Scotland. And, and, you know, ultimately, we all love Scotland, we want them, we want them to kick on, we want them to be more competitive, but we just haven't seen it. Uh, I thought, you know, they're actually on on a, on a bit of a, a run of form with, with in regards to victories at the minute through the autumn. They did well against potentially lesser teams. Um, you know, didn't manage to a, a front up physically against Ireland in you know in that last game, and and that certainly is what England will be looking at. I think you know they'll be looking to physically bully bully Scotland, and and if they can't stand up to that physicality, then um, it's then it's going to be a, a tough day at the office for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um... And then that brings us through to the last game on Sunday, which is at two o'clock, which is the um, which is a, probably, I think, the hardest one to call in some ways, um, which is Wales versus Ireland, uh, in, in in Wales, uh, and um, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, since Warren Gatland has um, retired and gone home to his uh, to the beach house in New Zealand, he's been taken over by um, another New Zealand coach. Wayne Pivak, I think the, the the Welsh have um, kind of addicted to New Zealand coaches, but um, I'm not I'm not so sure this one's working so well because uh, he um, yeah he wanted to sort of he had a policy of bringing in a lot of new blood and, and new young players into the into the team, which seemed to have been turned back and rebuffed because the t- the team that they're kind of bringing out on against uh, Ireland on Sunday is they're calling it Dad's Army. You know, it's very much um, an old pack with old heads, uh, and you know, affronted by Alwyn Jones and, and and driven by Dan Bigger at at, at standoff. Um, that, but in fairness, you know, the the, the the I guess the the good point for that is that's a pack that is experienced. In playing in, at playing Ireland, and they and they know how to beat an Irish team. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Wales first of all? Yeah, you know, I think Wales are in, in a, a tough spot at the moment. Um, again, um, 
having met Wayne Pivak on a couple of occasions and, and been lucky enough to coach against him, I think he's you know he's he's a, he's a quality human being. He's he's a uh, he's a good guy, um, and you yeah. know it, it's always going to be difficult taking over in those circumstances. You know Warren's gone back, um, Sean Edwards has left, um, you know, he's putting he's putting his coaching team together and you know some great coaches in, in his coaching setup, um, and again it, it's the balance of you know transitioning and. Getting some young players into the team and, and, and managing to you know to balance that with some older and experienced heads and unfortunately rugby is an unforgiving place now you know you lose some games on the trot and, and unfortunately you know the pressure comes on the team comes on the coaching setup and um, for for his point of view I, I think he's potentially gone to some of those older heads I haven't actually seen the Welsh team yet so I'm I'm, I'm speaking here but you expect Alan Wynn to be involved and, and if he's playing he's going to seriously bring the a. Uh, the age demographic up in the in the Welsh team, but um, you know yeah. the balance of having some experienced guys. You know, I think it's 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 a game that Wales would love to win. Um, that the team that the you know the, the again what I hear in the press from the playing side is you know that they, they want to give the country something to, to look forward to, and, and you know that's you know drawing on everything you know to to get the players to perform, and, and I'm certainly expecting a really passionate performance from them. Um, it's 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 a game that that Wales really need to 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 get out of the blocks and and you know if they lose that it's it's a it's another game and um that puts 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 everyone under a little bit more pressure um certainly uh, a big game in, in that you know I think Ireland are, are in a very similar situation so I'm sure we'll go on to Ireland shortly but it's a um yeah you know it, it, it's in theory, building for towards the next Cup World Cup, you need to, you need to blood young players. But again, that balance is it's just about getting that right. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Pivex obviously is no, as you say, he's a, he's an experienced and and skilled coach. He's no spring chicken. He's you know he's, he's coached in New Zealand. He's also coached the Fijian national team. He's coached Scarlets for a number of years. So, you know, he's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. But uh, uh, as you say, I think his issue is, uh, you know. W- when do you when do you start blooding young players oh, and new players and maybe have have a bit of pain and, and, for a and while? Again, the you expectation know? is very very different because you know you coach a club side in New Zealand. It's it's you no know, you they want to play some rugby. You coach in Fiji and nothing's expected of you. You can blood young players anytime you want. If Fiji lose to if Fiji yeah. lose to Ireland, Scotland, Wales, you know it's it's okay as long as they you know they go on they play. Um, when you're in Wales yeah. and you're following in from all in Warren Gatland and, and you know you haven't had the results and you you know you potentially trying to change systems, attacking systems, defensive systems, you it, it's a uh, the pressure is, is a uh, is intense. It is, yeah, I I, I agree, and, and they are big boots to fill. So let's then look at the the Irish um, squad. Uh, I'm just going to run through it. Um, uh, Tag uh, Ty Byrne, Will Connors. Um, uh, I can't even say <laughs> no, no. Keep going. I want you to hear him. I loved it. I loved the way you went um, the first one. You went Tyg Burn. You went Tyg. No, Tyg. You got it right. You, mate, you, yeah, you watched, yeah, you so, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. My time in my time in Ireland is is starting to pay dividends, but very, very slowly. Um, Kaylin Doris, Ultan uh, uh, Delane, um, Tyg Tyg Furlong, Kean Healy, Dave Heffernan, Ian Henderson, Rob Herring. Uh, Ronan Kelleher, um, Dave Kilcoyne, Peter Omani, who I, I just think that guy's amazing, um, Tom O'Toole, Andrew Porter, uh, Quinn Rue, uh, Reese Ruddock, James Ryan, CJ Stander, and Josh, Josh Van de Fleer. And in the backs, Bundy Aki, Billy Burns, Ross Byrne, Craig Casey, Andrew Conway, Shane Daly, Keith Earls, Chris Farrell, Jameson Gibson Park, Robbie Henshaw, Hugo Keenan, Jordan Lama. Lama, 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 
uh, James Lowe, um, Stuart, Stuart McCloskey, uh, Connor Murray, Gary Ringrose, Johnny Sexton as the captain. Notable absentees, Jack Carty, Gavin Coombs, John Cooney, Dan Levy, Kieran uh, Mion, uh, Luke McGrath, and Jacob Stockdale. Now, what I wanted to uh, can I just ask say, I, you, I think you did a great job there, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, so some really, well, really yeah, well, different I, names. Are you probably you'd have probably preferred yeah. to play the French squad than the Irish squad? The way you were. I would, yeah, <laughs> I'd give myself a, a, a solid uh, a solid uh, five out of ten there. Um, so, uh, Jordan, I, I just want you to. Uh, there's a lot of New Zealand names in that in that team these days. Well, not a lot, but uh, James Lowe and Jameson Gibson Park and some South African. You're not going there. You can't go there. It's a uh, they're Irish now, unfortunately, mate. You got to give them a blow. You got to. Well, this is what. they're a uh, they're Irishmen now. Um, soon. Well, this yeah, and this is this is my point, and 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 you you know you've done some coaching with Leicester, and, uh, and you know, and I'm sure you're going to do more coaching uh, as well. Uh, I want to know, if I put you in the Irish um, uh, team uh, in, in terms of a coaching um, capacity, uh, well, just looking at the future of Irish rugby, is this the way that Irish rugby is to grow and and flourish to to basically um, to bring in the CJ Standers and the Van der Fleers and the and these guys. I mean, they've done their time. I completely. I, I, to, I'll be straight up with you. I I don't mind. They do their time. They've they've done their time in Irish rugby. They've, they've, they're citizens of Ireland. I completely uh, I, I get it. Um, but I'm saying as in Irish rugby, because of the things that we talked about earlier in terms of the pressure and the numbers and other sports and competition and, and Ireland's um, desire to stay at the top of the game, which they have climbed to this top of the game now in, in world rugby. And, and you know, they're, 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 a, they're a serious side and they're, they're a world ranked side and, and, and can beat anyone on their day. Um, is this the way that Ireland survives and, and flourishes? Um, and, and, and how does that sort of stand for young players in Ireland sort of coming oh, up look, through the ranks? Know, it very much depends on what way you look at it. I think the IRB have changed the residency rules now to five years, if I'm correct. Um, and, yes, it is five and, years. You know, yeah. I think that's a really smart thing for the IRB to have done. Um, I've been very lucky in my career to play with some world class players from overseas and learned a huge amount from them. So, you know, th- those guys who come in and, and genuinely want to put their five years into a country and contribute and share with the young players and, and, and you know, get it right um, and grow the sport in the country, then. You know, they have to be allowed to play for that country. Um, you know, I think when I started, you know, certainly dual international players, guys like Shane Howarth coming from New Zealand and, and, and playing for Wales, you know, kind of a, a very short period yeah. later, that sort of, I'm sure, rankled people at the time and, and you know, blocking the career paths of, of young players who potentially, you know, would have been their dream to get a cap for, you know, their country is is a um, wasn't the right thing to do. But again, in, in the infancy of professional sport, it's about finding the right things to do. And, and um, ultimately, um, I think they're getting things right now. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe that 99% of the players who are born in the country and end up playing for another country um, really feel a huge affiliation towards that country. You know, there's always going to be a bad egg, not not necessarily a bad egg, but somebody who just comes for the cap and then and then will you know leave for for, for a higher payday. But that unfortunately is life. Um, you know, guys like like Low and, and Park who who have served their time and, and, and done well and contributed um, hugely to, to Leinster's success over the last few years and 
Um, I'd like to think that certainly, you know, the way people are in sports now, if you're not contributing in a team that you won't find yourself in that team for more than a couple of years, um, people will be weeded out and rooted out. So um, I'm sure those guys are, 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 you know, super excited and passionate about representing Ireland. And um, if they weren't, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they are as well. I, I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm saying. Uh, does this is this good for Irish rugby going forward? I, I probably think it, it probably is because it, it because it you know it, it keeps you guys um, you know at the top of the game and and growing and and what have you. But in the eighties, you know, I, I think um, you know we, we were very lucky to have. Uh, so, some players that that you know potentially hadn't spent a huge amount of time had Irish grandparents and, and one or two that potentially didn't even have Irish grandparents that that played soccer for Ireland and um, that grew the sport um, to the levels that you know in the nineties you know we were at World Cups and and, and um, overachieving for for a, for a small nation that didn't play the sport so um, I, I think the balance is it, it's all about balance you know if you're getting the right people in and, and they're contributing and growing the sport, then it's a good thing. If you're just solely relying on external help and um, players from South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, wherever the case may be, then it's a bad thing. But, you know, I think, you know, you look at a good friend of mine, Martin Castro Giovanni, you know, born and bred in, in Argentina, ended up playing, you know, over 100 caps for Italy. And you watch him sing the Italian national anthem. Um, you know, you can't yeah. say he's not passionate about it. Um, so, 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 like, there's yeah. always going to be cases like that. So, it's it's a tricky one. And, and and some people, and I've come across people on numerous occasions who who have said, you know what, you know, if you're born in a country, you should play in that country. Um, I, I think that's just a bit extreme. I, I think you know, again, you look at someone like Manu Tuolangi who's lived in England since he's you know been nine, ten years of age. Um, he's gone to school, and you know, he considers himself England. He's incredibly proud of his Samoan heritage, but again he wants to play for England so it's it's you know, you're always going to have yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's a, it's a difficult one but yeah yeah it, and it is the changing it is the changing face of, of of professional rugby and world rugby and as you say and and another one alluding to people who are proud to wear the jersey you can see it as Bundy Aki when he plays he, he just he plays with absolute you know passion so um uh, yeah let's then talk about the uh, the Irish Wales uh, game uh, in terms of where do you think Ireland are at the moment after a you know a, a bitterly disappointing World Cup and then a and then a not a not a great um, uh, series last year? Where 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 are you feeling uh, Ireland are at the moment? And what do you what do you think they're looking to get out of um, similar, this year? Actually, two teams in a very similar place, really. Um... You know, I think Andy Farrell's taken over, and, and again, another great coach who I huge respect, and, and his coaching team. Uh, I, I think post a uh, Joe Schmidt, obviously the pressure was on Ireland that had performed so well, and, and you know although they had disappointment in the World Cup, still had a a, a huge period of, of success. And they, um, I think I think it's it's it'll be interesting to see what what side Ireland select because it's very similar to Wales. You know we've got some established campaigners in in you know Murray and Sexton at halfbacks, and um, you know people are saying you know well, how long can they play for, and you know are we are Ireland you know hugely reliant on these guys, and of course they're world class players. You know they're 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 always going to be missed when they're not there. But when is the right time to start blooding the replacements and having a look at what we're going to look at post a um post those guys and post that that older generation? Um, you know I think when you look at Leinster, certainly they they've got you know a a a, a very very uh, successful line of, of of players coming through and, and you know particularly in the back row. So um I, I you know I think Ireland are a great country to watch in that every year somebody new 
breaks onto the scene and you know you know really takes their opportunity by a uh, takes the bull by the horns. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, Ireland were under a little bit of pressure through the autumn, and then they obviously you know managed to, to beat Scotland and, and have that a uh, that that game that that kind of took the pressure off a little bit. But I, but I see you know sort of that game on on Sunday being a little bit of a cagey affair. Both teams desperate for a win. Um, a little bit of nerves. Yeah, I, I personally think Ireland are, are are more suited to handle that on the back of where they've come over the last few years. But potentially that's just a uh, you know my pride talking. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it will be a case of fear, and I think it'll be. Uh, I think the first half will be um, pretty, pretty tight, and and it'll be about I think mistake prevention a lot of the time. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, uh, okay, let's. Uh, if I put it on your toes and said, uh, call that one. Uh, I'll go who Ireland, would you give England, it to? France. I'll go France. Yeah, yeah okay. I could give you the, the the spreads as well, but I won't because it's. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, okay, let's uh, just talk about. Uh, is there any kind of you, you mentioned before? Just prospects are exciting. New, young names or new names, and um, obviously, you know, you've had a lot to do with in English and Irish rugby over the years, uh, and you, you know, you know a lot of the coaching guys. And are there any sort of new young guys that that viewers should kind of look out for as potential young talents that could get blooded? In, in this series um, from any team um, really. oh god you've, you've thrown me under the bus there um, yeah there, there's some exciting young players that, that are in, in the mix you know again from Fra- France point of view I think DuPont is is just hands down you know a hugely ex- um, I'd yeah. be excited to yeah. see Hugo Keenan you know growing in, in his Irish performances and I, and I think you know he's he's got a real uh, real potential particularly with Stockdale being injured of you know getting some game time and, and, and doing well um, you know I'm going to focus on all backs here this is probably unfair that there's, there's some great forwards you know do that. no no I mean yeah. Yeah, I think I think as I say, uh, uh, Dupont is as uh, I I agree. That's why I'm sort of saying um, people to look out for that. Uh, that you know, the average kind of viewer, um, uh, you know, might just want to see as an exciting name for the future. And, uh, and as I say, Dupont, I think is 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 exactly the per- sort of person we're talking about. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I think. All right, mate. Um, so yeah, wonders of technology and all that. Um, so. Okay, so let's uh, so let's just uh, finish off now with uh, uh, just talking about. Um, so we think France is going to we think France is going to win this thing, uh, maybe pushed closely by by England, uh, and then uh, we're obviously very interested to see um, how uh, Wales and Ireland shape up uh, throughout the throughout the um, the competition. Uh, I'm I'm going Ireland in two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going Ireland in two. I, I think they've got a uh, enough about them at the minute to a um to go all right. And I might I might just be a um just be sort of dazzled by where France are at the minute. But certainly that they've got a, a strong squad. Talking about Ireland, then, uh, and you alluded to Johnny Sexton before, and he being a world class player, and you stick with him for now. Uh, well, not stick with him for now. That's a bit of a callous way to say it. But you, you, you. You know he's he's in the team and he's the leader and he's the captain. Uh, does he go all the way to the World Cup? Um, you know that's a difficult question. Um, I know Johnny has come out and said that you know he he thinks he can. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. Um, because uh, you know I think Father Time unfortunately isn't very forgiving now. He's been very lucky the way he's managed his body and he's he's part of a great setup at Leinster who look after him very very well. Um. 
you know, what's the right thing for Ireland is the question. Um, if he plays uh, as well as he can, then why not? Um, you yeah. know, I think one of you know one of the great things when when I started was that you know rugby wasn't ageist. If you're young enough, you're good enough. Um, now, thankfully, it, the same still applies. If you, if you're if you're good enough, it doesn't matter how old you are. And, and certainly, when Johnny plays uh, and he's fit and plays his game, he is as good as there is. So, um, from an Irish point of view, you'd love to see. Um, You'd love to see him get to the World Cup, um, you know, and, you know, couple that with, you know, getting some good game time for, for those guys who, who will, you know, hopefully take the mantle on and, and keep Irish rugby being as successful as Johnny's made it over the, over the last few years. Yes, well, he's definitely afforded himself the opportunity to get to have a go because he's, um, as you say, he's world-class. And Conor Murray, for me, uh, I think he's an absolute... I think he's one of the best halfbacks I've ever seen play the game. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Oh, so, a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, like I, I think sort of the, the whole uh, yeah, the whole Sexton Murray partnership thing is is huge. You know, they they've got so much uh, time on the field together. You know that that cohesion, that understanding is key. You know, I know they don't play for the same team, but um, Murray's again probably one of the most underrated players in in the uh, in the country, if not you know the the, the championship. Yeah, and uh, as I said, as I alluded to, just one more thing uh, that Peter Armani, he's he's tough. It's tough as take that guy, isn't he? Yeah, he goes well. He goes My well God. again. Yeah, no, he goes very, very well. Um, very, very lucky to have uh, run into him on a few occasions, and um, very good man, very humble. Um, you know, great, great player. Uh, very much indicative of, of what you know, all the good things that are that are from being monster. He's a proud man. Um, you know, he, he gets his job done, gets stuck in, sort of almost quiet man. Doesn't always again get as many plaudits as he deserves, but a um, strong over the ball, yeah. really, really great rugby brain and an asset in the lineout. So um, he's, an, he's a key player for Ireland. Okay, uh, that's great, Jordan. Look, I, I really appreciate your time. The, the final question I really have is, uh, what's sort of next for you? Uh, you know, you, you did some, some coaching with Leicester. Um, do you see coaching um, carrying on in, in your future? And uh, do you want to stay associated with the game? And, and, and kind of what, what, what do you sort of, um, what do you want going forward in terms of that, that sort of thing? Are you, are you still interested in doing some more coaching? Oh, man, it's, it's difficult. I think whenever you have sort of a, uh, the trauma of leaving a place you've been for 22 years, it's always a uh, time to, to sit back and, and just, you know, take stock of everything that, that's been going on. Um, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think for me, uh, I love the sport. I love watching rugby. I love being part of it. I love, I love helping out. So, um, you know, it's something that, that's uh, been a huge part of my life for a very long time. And I'm hopeful that I can continue to do, to do that in, in uh, some form of other. Uh, so, I, um, yeah, the, the, the plan is, to, you know, to, to, to keep my face in around, in around rugby. And, and uh, hopefully you see a little bit more of me down the line. Oh well, I, I, I hope I hope I do, and and good luck, Jordan. As I say, I thought it was a pleasure to watch you play as a player. Um, uh, you know, um, it was wonderful uh, to watch you play the game. Uh, you were really attacking fullback, and uh, and uh, yeah. So, so thank you very much for your time, uh, and thanks for your insight. I really appreciated it, and um, hopefully we can talk again sometime. No problem. Cheers, mate. Take care. Thanks, Jordan. Bye bye.